0: Saturday evening and in my background you hear the noise of the night funny when you live in rural Jamaica you become deaf to the sounds of the crickets but as I thought to do this recording I figured why find this absolutely quiet place as I've been learning that there is beauty in imperfection you know Studio quality and perfect sound demands that everything is squeaky clean. But life is far from squeaky clean. And I was at university today. I spent something that I thought impossible, spent seven hours watching a, I would like to call it a class, it's really a show. but. For me I had my virtual notepad and pencil taking notes because although I knew that for me sitting to watch something for 7 hours was never going to happen here I am 7 hours odd later with a few interspersed breaks I've come to the end of it and I have learned so much. And the thing that I wondered when I would be able to talk about came to me and said now it's a good time to start talking and uh, what that is is my marriage you know there are people who like to use terms to define things and uh, for a moment I was about to say my failed marriage but I take that back there was no failure in it because that would have meant that I would have lived a life of failure there were so many successes so I went through and this is how I see what has happened hold on to your seats it might not be what you were expecting so let's go For starters and I'm not gonna give advice I'm just gonna say it as I see it and who knows maybe another few months weeks years I might see it in a different light but I think I'll see it like this for for a while you know we have to call things what they are and when I met my then spouse i was going through a lot emotionally i had not long before suffered a nervous breakdown of sorts i was tethering on suicidal tendencies i was rejected and lost i wanted to belong i wanted to be a part of something that mattered And so I walked into the parish of St. Mary because I needed employment and my job technically transferred me to another hotel where the environment would be more conducive to where I was, to the stage I was at in life. Now, in the perfect world, that I would have liked to have been a part of after that nervous breakdown situation I would have liked to take a few months off just go into rest maybe counseling rebuild myself but back then my situation didn't allow it You see I had a mother who had determined that I needed to take care of her hand and foot. But at the time I didn't see it that way. What I did know though, was I had no support. I didn't know either that being a Canadian resident, I had access to a first world country. And even though my father had by this time rejected me, disowned me, he had already got me landed in Canada. So it wasn't about him. It was about my rightful place. I didn't know all of that. Nobody told me. The Canadian High Commission, you know, that lady who did the last re permit for me, was so bitter and I'm trying to find nice words because everything I do moving forward I want it to be positive but I have to call some things as they are because the statement that was made was they had issued me a reentry permit before as I had done a year in Spain on a scholarship and so they had given me grace of a year to be out of the country and upon my return their instruction was to come back to them and get a reentry permit and uh, go back to Canada as soon as possible. Now when that expired, I applied for a second one because by then the turmoil in life and family was of such that I was not able to return within the specified time. Now hindsight tells me, and not only hindsight, having gone back to Canada 23 years later on a visitor's visa, informed me that Canada was mine to access at any time without all the bureaucracy that was set in front of me and so the long and short of that story was because persons were doing a job that they maybe weren't even aware of the implications of their statements made a statement that i took as gospel and it has impacted me to today so that's the background i had nowhere to turn i now had to depend on my own strength i had to get a job i had to maintain myself my life my intentions to get a scholarship to study Hospitality, which was my heartbeat, was being taught left, right, and center. I was getting pushbacks. I was being rejected. I was being scoffed and laughed at. And I just needed somebody to believe in me. So, here I was now in St. Mary. Broken, rejected, uncertain, lost. And just fighting to live and uh, so that was the condition that I found myself in when I stumbled upon actually I didn't stumble I was led I know to a church a little country church by the roadside now remember me city slicker globetrotter finding solace in a little country church but you know I had to understand and it I was I kept going I never had a time to stop until now and so I didn't realize that that little church and this little parish and that underdeveloped area in which I found myself was just the right thing to recalibrate myself and to reorganize my mind and my thoughts. And so it was, I landed in Arakabesa. Now, of course, having met this young musician who was all life and laughter, he brought a great deal of peace to me. He was a friend who made little demands on me. He was very caring and considerate and he shared my love for reading. He was not the typical male that I would have been exposed to. No sexual overtones, no deep-seated interest to become intimate, just somebody who seemed to want a friendship and i let my guard down and over time i entrusted my thoughts and my heart and my life to him and then i met his family and from the outside what i saw was a rural family very proud very family oriented very god-centered and i loved what i saw so even though there are moments when i wonder what did I get myself into and how was I so stupid and all of these things. With clarity of thought and vision tonight my thought is that was a season that happened for a reason. And so I am I'm thankful for every stage of development that I have passed through. You know not every friend should be your husband now that I can say without a doubt he probably would have been better served maintaining a friendship with me instead of crossing over but then the question lends itself could that have been God's will for both of us because you know there is God's perfect will and then there is the passive side and so I look at both sides of the coin and so many years later so 25 years later of having met him or more hmm, you know, I look at the benefits that have come out of the relationship and as people have said and at first it didn't look like such a big deal but here we are. I am blessed with a gentleman, a young man who I see so much of myself in that sometimes it's uncanny I have a son who is his mother's own child very focused very driven very loving very gentle very tender but you have to look deep to see it he will never show how interested he is in you you just have to know it And he will never leave you all alone. But he's big on fairness and justice, and he stands for what he believes in, and he does not accept mediocrity. He does not take lightly to flawed character. My own son, they would say a chip off the block. And so, even though I know that this will be a to-be-continued situation, I must confess that there was value in having my now former husband in my life. There was value. I think I came into his life to give him structure, to organize how he would run his life, to lead him into opportunities and to open doors that normally would not have been open for him. I came with all of that. He chose not to take it. I think the value he brought was being able to hold on to a love of God a strong sense of knowing what God wants at least an introduction to it because upon closer inspection I discovered it was having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof because you see our Christianity has been flawed, much to the delusionment of many of our people, we have substituted Christ for a Santa Claus. So instead of taking the blueprint, the raw material, the clay, that the Lord has provided and building mountains and snowmen we have become anemic, lethargic believers waiting on handouts and spoils. And so Christianity in the Caribbean and among black people in particular, tend to be hinged on hype and feelings and uh, outward expression and not on the principle that makes it a fundamental game changer that of faith now we will repeat the the scriptures but do we hide the scriptures in our hearts not in the physical way as the word says so that we might not sin against god But we hide it so that it becomes the cornerstone on which we build, on which we live, on which we have our very existence. So I'm now seeing that as a young man with a misguided faith, the Lord highly likely had a plan to pull the best out of him and to make him a potential giant among men. One of the things that our men, our black men our Jamaican men do not agree to is the fact that they are afraid. It is so funny but Many times you will hear a woman saying, simply, she wants to go on a cruise. Too many times, it's the male, it's the spouse, it's the husband who says no. And if you dig deep enough, you will hear him say, there's no guarantee out at sea. If anything goes wrong, there's nothing to hold on to. He's fearful. He wants guarantees all the time. He wants safety. He wants security. As black men, as Jamaicans, we have not been taught to launch out into the deep. We have not been taught to imagine a thing and go after it. Even our education system provides us a lie. One that says, go to school, work hard, you'll get a good job to live a good life. It offers us the fantasy of safety. And then the 97% of persons with that belief system sit and stare Google-eyed at the 3% of us who step out on a limb knowing that the potential is there for it to break but my oh my if it doesn't we will soar we will fly and as such we don't take chances we don't take risk we stay very close to the shore both physically physically and figuratively and that was the person I marry he was so tentative, he was so afraid he would not step out, he would not launch out he would not do anything outside of what he knew and unfortunately his worldview was extremely limited now as I tried to conform and follow in his footsteps I went into many battles because I'm not a conformist I'm not a follower I hate standing in a line and not knowing what's going on ahead of me I'm always trying to look around the persons or the whatever is blocking me I need to know what's going on up ahead I can't just take things sitting down so much to my surprise opportunities came for him. You know I strongly believe that the Lord provides for you. He provides opportunities. He cracks the door open shows you a glimmer of light and something inside of you needs to become ignited enough for you to want to push the door open to see if that could become something for you. As I saw it, there was nothing that propelled him to push the door open. And so opportunity after opportunity after opportunity came and went and he simultaneously shut them all down using one major excuse after another. But equal in the same thing. No, 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 not gonna do it. No, no, not for me. But then he would see his pregnant wife, me without the sustenance to take care of a growing fetus and not be moved into a desire to do whatever it takes to provide he would see the birth of his child with a wife who would have potentially died along with the child had it not been for medical science and god's intervention it never moved him enough to a place of performance and provision and as life continued he never understood what it took to be a man to be a husband to be a father to provide shelter, to ensure food security, to enable opportunities. It just was not a thing for him. He was living under the guise that miraculously, out of the clear blue skies, God would provide. And therein lies the crooks of the matter. Now the intention is not to belabor what he was and what he did. I have done that in my personal space and time. Instead, it is to make peace with myself, knowing that we all face obstacles. We all face crossroads. We all have difficulties and uh, the decisions we make impact directly what our outcomes will be so I discovered a day before the 24th year of marriage that This was going to be the way my life would continue for the rest of my life if I decided to continue in a marriage with this man. At this point, I was too old, too tired, in too much pain, financially drained emotionally bankrupt I was done and so with the thread on which the rest of my life hinged I knew it was time to pack up and move on one more Jamaican gun abroad. I believe the yard, but if you think so we are to stand up and wait, no way why we hold the gate to you nothing so at all but I am man, I'm an bar.